this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Guilty movie pleasure fans, today I have a confession of something I've held deep inside me for years, kind of PTSD about it. I had a magician at one of my birthday parties when I was a kid, and he was terrible. Um, He pulled a rabbit out of a hat, and the rabbit had been in there in the sun too long, and he wasn't with us anymore. I mean, he was, but his spirit had left. And ever since then, I've held a grudge against magicians. And so today, watching this movie was a little cathartic when we had 4,000 people trying to kill Buddy Israel, the magician, and smoking aces. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasure. I think, I think we might be all out of time. What was that? Was that... What was that? Did that intro take up the full show? Oh, my God. This is what happens... Nice. <laughs> this is what happens when I go, Hey, Steven, I'm just going to say some magician joke before the show. <laughs> oh, great. He was vehemently against it, too. He... <laughs> I think he said, um, no one's going to like it. I think that's if I'm paraphrasing. I comment, but I'm too busy laughing in the booth. Coughing, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing so hard. Oh, that might go down as the worst intro in history. Listen, the, the dry run of that intro was a third as long. And then for some reason, when we just, when yeah. the lights went on, Ben was like, let me embellish. I, I'm already not confident about this intro. Let, let me, me embellish this. Let me embellish this this non-existent story and add a dead rabbit. See if, Jesus. Yeah, yeah you Man, killed the rabbit. I got dark story. with that. So anyways, now, uh, hey, welcome to the show. After that stumbling beginning, it's not unlike uh, the beginning of this movie where it's a whole lot of information yeah, it and is. it's confusing. Yes. And uh, maybe more than we need. But hey. Here we are. We're covering smoking aces. This music. Yeah, is what is going on? With tripping this music? me out. I know it's the theme, but it just—it's so intense. Uh, hey, I'm your host Ben Begley. Thanks for watching. And whoa, we're excited to be talking about smoking aces. And with me, as always, Jesse McIntosh. I feel like we have to yell over this. I—I f- I feel like I have to. Um, I feel like not only do I have to yell, but I have to be brighter. Yeah, because of the lights, the yeah. lighting change that just happened. I feel also that I need to be moving in slow motion and having just kind of like. Dramatic gestures like Ryan Reynolds at the end, like, the FBI screwed us, man. So should we get into this? Let's get into Let's it. Let's get into this. So I'll go real quick, because I don't think... You, have you seen this before? Uh, I had seen it before, but I didn't... I, the only thing I remembered about it was that there were a lot of people in it. Yeah. There were many, many humans. It's like the Hughes... It, the Hughes... The Who's Who, or the Hughes Who. The Hughes Who. The Who's Who of of a ton of character actors and famous people. There's like... Even tiny roles are filled with people because I think this was this is pretty close to if not his second feature uh, I think it was his second feature actually let me look um, Joe Carnahan had done uh, Narc which was a critical success and everybody loved it and so I think people were like hell yeah let's do anything Joe Carnahan does and that's what happened with this came out no he did a few no yeah it was right after Narc and I think everybody was just like stoked to work with him and sure. rightfully so because. Uh, it's a it's a crazy movie. I saw it. I remember I rented it, or no, I bought it from Twenty Twenty Video back in the day. Get it straight. Did I you heard rent it, it or I buy it? it? I bought it. All right. Previously viewed. 
Uh, anyways, I bought it, and I remember watching it and being like, that was awesome. And I watched it with Corey Ular. Shout out to Shout Corey out. all the time. Shout out, Corey. And he was visiting in town, and I left uh, to go to an audition or something, and he watched it a second time. That's how much we liked it. And I remember just thinking this movie was awesome and fast-paced and all these kooky, crazy characters and super violent, and like the third act was just bananas. And then seeing it again, I still enjoyed the hell out of this movie, and I love all the characters, but having uh, 11 years since I saw it and, and growing a little bit as a human, I, I did notice a lot more of the flaws, um, but I still had a lot of fun. I just found myself way more confused this time, just being like, wait, who... I even wanted to... I didn't have time today, but I wanted to try, try, try and, like... So we're going to figure out together who was working for who. Oh, we should have gotten, like, a cork board behind us. We needed, yeah, we needed, like, like, a an, police cork board. Yeah. It's confusing as hell, but for the most part, I really enjoy the style of it and the bizarre characters, and the violence and action in it is pretty awesome and insane. Um, I still had a lot of fun. It's like it's like a snatch or lock, stock, and two smoking barrels light. It's like sure. a diet... Diet Snatch just sounds weird. Diet Snatch. Diet Snatch. Hashtag, Hashtag Diet, Diet Snatch. Snatch. So that's my thoughts. It's I, I moist. Still, oh, God. Oh, <laughs> oh Stephen. <laughs> that's why we don't give you mic privileges. Oh, uh, but he was so excited to drop that one, though. That was, like, the most enthusiastic. <laughs> if there was a war, an award for the insertion. most enthusiastic insertion of moist. Yeah. That's the worst way Ooh. I could have phrased that. Okay, I, I walked right into that. Jesse, what do you think of it? Uh, so, like I said, I have seen <laughs> this say, movie. Sorry, Diet Snatch and Insertion of Moist yep. is going to be trending yeah, we're, for the 12 people. We're off to a great start, you guys. <laughs> I think that might be our show. I hope somebody says, as soon as he said Insertion of Moist, I stopped listening. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Then you stopped at a low point, guys. <laughs> you did. You did. Keep on listening it to only get see better. if we can go up. Because we'll either stay there yeah. or yeah. go up. We yeah. can't go down. We can't go further. Um. Yeah, so like I yep. said, I had seen this movie before and remembered very little of it. Um, did you like it when you saw it? I think that I did. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've intentionally been being coy since I got since we sat down because you're always like you're always like probing a little bit mm-hmm. and trying to figure out if I like the movie, and you like sort of think that I didn't like yeah. it this yeah. time. I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah! Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. I think I was pulling back on my enthusiasm, worried that you were going to... No. I mean, stylistically, I just, like, personal preference, I didn't love the, like, segue from scene to scene, the, like, breakneck from one scene to the other. Where, like, like almost the scene finishes the sentence of the last yes. scene. See, I love that stuff. That, that just... I. I, I would have loved to have them breathe a little more. Yeah, it, that I just didn't like. Like I said, personal preference. I like. I understand what was going on, and I understand that like people may like enjoy the threads that are being woven there. Um, but yeah, just like it needed a couple of spots to breathe, and the places yeah. that it chose to breathe were weird, um, very weird. Like the common Alicia Keys scene in the stairwell, where they finally decided to like take a break there, and it's like you guys fell in love in a stairwell. We'll get to that, but. I know what you mean, though, where, like, and also, like, conversations between Common and Buddy Israel should have, uh, it, it, they drew out, like, a two-minute conversation over, like, a 20-minute section of the movie, yeah. where you're like, why hasn't he just killed him by this yeah, point? Yeah, he should just kill him. And th- But, like, there was another weird one where Chris Pine is, like, 
standing over the dead body of, I think, Ben Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, like, has a weird conversation with his I dead body. I love that scene. That's one of my favorite scenes. But it was, like, but this is what I'm saying, where, like, the places that they chose to rest... Were random and were not... so yeah. random and yeah. so weird. And, like, Everything in the house with the karate kid That was the other one. Insane. So, Chris Pine with Ben Affleck, and then the karate kid. Yeah. It was just like a very disconnected choice. Were they, I, the Ben Affleck thing, I think, works for the Tremor brothers and, and their characters, at least, and how weird they are. But the whole Karate Kid grandma story, where he, he I don't understand it. And I remember being annoyed the first time I saw it. This time, every scene that kid was in it, I couldn't stand it. Yeah, so, so the Chris Pine thing like is in line with what the Tremor, like who I would imagine the Tremor brothers are, but just pacing wise, the way it's it butts strange. up against the rest of the yeah. film, it's just like, what? Like, it felt like it was a half an hour because everything else <laughs> yeah. is so fast. This movie flies. Yeah. Where you're just like, and I was watching it with Renee, and she was falling asleep, so I got I started getting a little anxious, like, no, 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 you're going to miss the best stuff. And then she did. She missed all the best stuff. But she Classic fell asleep right Renee. before Ray Liotta and, uh, and the Blade get in the elevator together, which uh-huh. is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. So I think that even though this movie has its flaws, it, it achieves what it sets out to do, which is to be kind of like a midnight movie grindhouse flick with a bunch of colorful characters in this absurd situation where they all get offed in surprising at surprising times like i didn't expect even the second time around i was like oh yeah this person dies really early on and Mm. and and i think that that's it achieves what it set out to do yeah it's like um it's like a really gruesome game of king of the hill did you ever play that when you were oh yeah yeah where like everyone just tried to stay on top of the hill for a minute and you just pushed other people down the hill um, that's what it felt like. Everyone rushing to the top of this penthouse yep. and shooting each other and trying to get there first and, uh, race against time and yeah. race against each other. A little and bit. there's something cool about movie because this predominantly, it feels like at least that it takes place in real time. Yeah. So you're basically watching an hour. Well, the, like the last half of it really. Like yeah, once yeah, they yeah. all get, once to, they all get there, it's like an hour or 45 minutes of them in real time there. And it, it's a, it's a blast. I honestly don't think the Tremor brothers, when I was, Thinking about it, I don't think they say a word other than Chris Pine. I think the other guy, the main guy, I think he grunts sometimes and like says a couple lines, but they're pretty much just insane the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Their intros, my head was spinning in the beginning of it when Andy Garcia with his strange accent. Which, where was that from? <laughs> I don't know. Andy Garcia always kind of has a strange accent. Maybe it's just his accent. I don't think so because it's different. Mm-hmm. He always chooses a different strange But this accent. time, it was sort of something like this. Yeah, where I don't know if he was doing... It's weird. I don't know if he was doing Southern or if he was doing, trying to do like a like a New York kind of thing. I don't know what it was. It changed. I it don't was know. very strange. It was unique. It was local to his, to his, his own body. <laughs> what accent are you doing? Uh, the Andy Garcia <laughs> accent. It's local to me. Local to me. I, I remember first seeing... This was one of the first times I saw Ryan Reynolds in something more serious. And, and he he's really good in this movie. He's, yeah. He holds back even more so than later movies. It shows his dramatic chops because he doesn't have any of his Ryan Reynolds-isms in this. He doesn't have like any of his sarcastic quips. He plays it very straight. And, yeah. and I think that sometimes... Uh, people forget that because of Deadpool and things like that. But he's a solid actor, even even outside of the Deadpool series, in my sure. opinion. Safe House. 
It's, I love Safe House. Yeah. I love the hell out of Safe House. It, it reminded me a little bit of Safe House. Yeah. His role in this. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I thought Safe House was great. And on the flip side, I love uh, Hitman's Bodyguard, where it's full Ryan Reynolds. Sure. And it's ridiculous. Sure. Anyways, let's do the plot in under three minutes, and then we're... Oh, this is gonna, this might be the most difficult plot in under three minutes. Yeah. I can I can very confidently say we're not going to be able to do it. Okay, perfect. You ready in the booth, Steven? <laughs> Or is it still Steven? Or is it Jeff? It's Who's actually Jeff, and uh, I'm stoked, guys. This is my first time producing Guilty Movie Pleasures, so it'll be just as fun Oof. for our audience as it will. Uh-oh. Oh, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Now it is Jeff in the booth. Hey, hey Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Jeff. Awesome. Guys, I was gonna, I'm letting your audience know, in the spirit of fun, this is my first time engineering GMP. So uh, um, What? We have an exciting and hopefully forgiving crowd as I uh, take the reins. We'll see uh, how this goes. They listen to our show. Trust me. They're very forgiving. <laughs> they're pretty <laughs> relaxed. Yeah. Fair enough. Did you see? Watch our intro and tell me if they're a forgiving crowd. <laughs> Right. Well, I've got this clock queued up. All right, and let's do Kick this. ass, guys. Three, two, one. Okay. God. Okay. So we start off with uh, um, surveillance going on. They've been there for 16 hours. I don't know why I remember that detail. And it's Ryan Reynolds and Ray Liotta in a van, and they're watching uh, Sparazzo, the main mob boss guy. He's dying, and his his second in command is up on the phone, and they overhear that they're taking out a hit on Buddy Israel, who's the key witness against him, and they want to undercut the bid because there's some guy called the Swede coming in. So they want to undercut it and hire uh, Taraji P Henson and, um, and 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 Alicia Keys character. But then it gets through the grapevine to a bail bondsman played by Ben Affleck, and he starts then explaining all these other people that are coming in. And we meet the Tremor Brothers, we meet um, the Blade who tortures people, we meet uh, Soot who puts on is an epic mask builder. He'd do well in Mission Impossible too. Yeah, sure would. And then we meet Common and his other entourage, Buddy Israel's entourage, and I know I'm forgetting somebody. Yeah, we also like go through Buddy Israel's history of like how he came to this point because he was just a Las Vegas entertainer, and then he got a little taste. Of the mob business, and then he rose up the like ranks a super a corrupt bit. Frank Sinatra. Yeah, yeah, he rose up the ranks a little bit and became like a mafioso kind of. Um, and so, yeah, he's basically been running a mob syndicate, um, and they want his heart, is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, and so uh, uh, Ben Affleck goes. Uh, ben Affleck and his crew they get the, <laughs> they go meet Jason Bateman in the greatest yeah, scene in the entire movie. Yeah, they, and then they get uniforms to. They're going to infiltrate the security of the hotel that Buddy Israel's staying in, mm-hmm. and then the Tremor brothers come by and kill them. I think randomly. They just randomly. They kill just them. randomly come go by and kill them, and then they take the uniforms, and then they uh, head to the hotel. And then uh, Taraji P. Henson and Alicia Keys are going to infiltrate as hookers because yeah. uh, Buddy Israel loves hookers, we yeah. find out. Um, and then... The- uh, so Taraji P. Henson sets up across the uh, to another hotel with a fifty caliber sniper rifle. Yep. And Alicia Keys is dressed up as a hooker waiting. And then we have uh, Soot kills Hugo, Joel Edgerton's character, and, and impersonates him. We have the Blade... Uh, goes and pretends to be security after pretending to be FBI. Right. Kills Matthew Fox and has a really intimate moment with him. Yep. And then... Uh, oh, His God. lost brethren. And then um, gets in the elevator with Ray Liotta. Uh, uh, they yeah. have a shootout. They And they do. kill each other, we think. And then... Uh, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, okay. And then... Um, and then the Tremor brothers are... are disguised as security but then they they just get in the elevator and they disrobe and they go up the elevators and the elevators get turned off because we know something's going on and Ryan Reynolds is rushing to get there because they find the bodies. Well, Ryan Reynolds has gone to investigate the murders. Why they do that? I don't. Yeah, and then he figures out. Oh, they have they have security. Uh, they yeah, yeah, they have uniforms, and yeah, so then he, he rushes back. And Ray Liotta uh, is investigating that, but then he realized that he saw the fingertips taken yeah. off, and so he gets shot up. And then Alicia Keys in, and then Taraji P Henson's upset because Alicia Keys might be dead, so she kills everyone. And then and then and then they kill both guys. Ryan Reynolds kills both guys. 
we got to work on that third act. I guarantee. I did it before we started. Yeah. I guaranteed we wouldn't make it through, and we didn't. So here's what we're gonna do. Because I think the easiest way to do this that we talked about is to go. Okay, can you zoom in on those a little bit more? My 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 eyes without glasses can't read that. I'll also bring it up in my phone. So we're probably gonna call the characters by uh, their actor names if I can. If I can't, it'll probably be easier to keep it straight too. Yeah. I think. Uh, let's see. So I have the clips here as well listed, so I can do that. But let's do character by character because I think that's the easiest way. Sure. Right. So. Sure. Yeah, or, I think or, so. Yeah. We'll start off with the intro. So the intro of Buddy Israel and all that, it, it's head-spinningly, uh, when they intro all the characters, my brain was just trying to keep track of, and maybe you can help me clear this up if you know even, which is, so as far as I understand, Sparazzo, the mob boss, wants to kill Buddy Israel because Buddy Israel, like we said, rose up in the ranks. He was a, he was like a Sinatra, but, the, but a magician type. He uh, then started running his own side jobs and basically forming his own, like you said, syndicate. Yep. And now Sprazzo's on his deathbed. He wants Buddy Israel's heart. And he wants to. He, he wants to kill him. And he's hired um, the Swede, is what he calls it. So his second in command is now uh, trying to do a to kidnap Buddy Israel alive to then leverage it for money from Sparazzo and to maybe have him take over the family or something. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. That I was very unclear about. It's yes. like. What, how going above and double crossing your boss? Well, I think they just wanted to get to him first. They wanted to get to him first. What does that help if somebody's or or is it because they knew all these other people? No, well, they knew that Buddy Israel was going to turn on them, turn on the family. Yeah, so they were trying to, but they, but within his own ranks, he had that guy trying to do a side job that they they must have known because we find out later that they're using the heart. He's getting yeah. a heart transplant, mm-hmm. so they must have known. Oh, that that's he what it wanted is. the heart transplant, and so they were just trying to like get rid of. They're trying to kill him, so yeah. when Sparazzo dies, they can take over. Right, that makes so much more sense now. I think I, that has to be it. That I has think. to be it because why? Then they would be the heads of the family at that point if well, they were second. I don't in know. Man. Maybe I'm wrong because they like the they put a million dollars in an escrow account just yeah. like for whoever does this. Yeah, and part of the conditions were to get the heart. Right? Yeah. So I don't it's know. It's so confusing. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's it's a discussion for another day. Yeah. When we're talking about uh, something else. It, I guess it doesn't matter. I guess it doesn't. Right? No. They're just like, they're two, it's just the, two it's entities so trying quick. to get And all the dialogue is real. overlapped on itself. So like you're hearing half the conversation and then you're hearing Ryan Reynolds and Ray Liotta being like, this is bold. This is ballsy. They're double crossing. And I'm like, I can't fully hear what he's saying. This is so much information. Yeah, I wish they would have just done it clean. Um, yeah. But also like... It's it's a weird way to start because uh, they're so explicit on the phone. And if you're a mob, like I'm not a mob boss, but if you're a mob boss, wouldn't you know not to like use the word kill and kidnap and ransom over the have, phone? I think they're all codes usually. Yeah, like, it was so weird. We got to go down by the watering hole and uh, take care of the gazelles. Yeah, you know, the gazelles are getting overpopulated. We should have heard that clean. And then once the conversation ended, Ray Liotta and uh, Ryan Reynolds just should have had a conversation of like, so this is what they were saying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or just confuse the hell out of us and be like, that's bad. And when we find out later in the movie what it all meant. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, but then we get so it's a little jarring, but we get the whole build up of Buddy Israel and Jeremy uh Jeremy Piven is awesome in this movie. Yeah. He's super he has such emotional range and craziness and he's drug addled and 
I was asking, I was talking to Renee beforehand. I was like, he either had these card shark abilities beforehand or was just a really quick learn because his sleight of hand stuff is solid in this. Yeah. And just, and, and it's not CG. You can tell it's not CG. It's practical. He's actually doing all this stuff with the cards and, I'm just jealous because I can't even shuffle a deck of cards. I'm I, like, I spread I them to, all out on the table. And I, have I, to, I have to pass them off to Renee because I'm like, honey, I don't know. They yeah. just go. So let's get into the characters then. We okay. Basically, we get set up with Buddy Israel, and it's an awesome old-timey Vegas setup and uh, all kinds of like kind of Godfather-style hits that, that he and his crew starts doing on people. And then... We first meet uh, Taraji Pants and, and Alicia Keys. I forget their character names, but it's probably easier if we just say it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Keys and Henson. I honestly don't know why this didn't take place in Las Vegas. Is there one good reason why? More expensive? I guess. Because they shot in Reno, right? I mean, that's where it took place. Or it took place in Lake Tahoe. Yeah, but... Lake Tahoe. Yeah, yeah. I, I assume it's because Vegas would have been way too expensive. Here we go. Let's do clip number one is when we meet... Uh, Taraji P. Henson and Alicia Keys and their handler, who looks like the the most badass female pimp. She has yeah. like this great fur coat. She's awesome. Her character is great. Can we play clip number one? This shit might get hot, might get heavy. I said, cool. Because <laughs> I got two of the hottest, heaviest bitches alive. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And their intro is, is really solid. And then they have... so. I can't tell if they're a couple or not, but I know Taraji P. Henson is definitely attracted to Alicia Keys. They hint yep. at several times. Um, but <clears throat> they basically get there. Alicia Keys dresses up as a prostitute. Yep. Tr- gets stuck waiting for the elevator. When the elevator finally does come, dead Ray Liotta's in there, or dying Ray Liotta's in there, and dying the Blade is in there. And then she gets pinned in that. Is this too confusing to go character by character? So, I feel like it's a little rough this way. So, okay. let's Because that's not the first elevator, right? The first elevator is the Tremor brothers, and it's just like full of smoke. Yeah. And they look at her, and oh, she yeah. looks at them, and then the elevator doors close. Yeah. And they do like this weird, like, humping with their, like, Al Bundy hand in their pants. Yeah. It's super, super weird and yeah. creepy. And then the second one comes yeah. up. And that, so she has two really bad experiences with elevators. She in this gets hotel. both. No one else in the hotel is trying to get up to a top floor <laughs> because the, those are the only two elevator yeah. that comes up while she's waiting. And, and this you know, like group of prostitutes outside are just like hanging out, just waiting. I, I feel like if she's going to yelp, this would be a good yelp review. Yeah, to be like, hey, just so you know, when I was waiting for the elevator, yes. there are these creepy skinhead guys that uh, air humped in my direction, and a dead FBI agent and a dead security guard with a blade in his uh, his wrist. Right. Yeah, I think you know that sounds good. Tough times getting Tough times. to floor 12 for Alicia Keys. So she gets up there, and and I guess we can get to the third. This is so, I don't even know how to handle this movie. There's so much that it... Should we just go plot by plot? Let's go plot by Let's plot. Let's back it up. Yeah. Okay. So we're introduced to Alicia Keys. Then we're introduced to Ben Affleck. And what's the what is wrong with you clip? What is wrong with you? That's all it is. What, who? Seriously, what is wrong with you? This is Peter Berg um, <laughs> trying to convince the third guy, who's the only one that makes it out alive, yeah. who's like a huge dissenter of this plan. Yeah. He's just like, this sounds stupid. I'm not going to put my life in danger yeah. by trying to get Buddy Israel, and Peter Berg's trying to hype him up. Can we play that again? What is wrong with you? Seriously, what is wrong with you? I think the listeners right now, as I'm trying to figure out how to host and do the and cover this movie, mm-hmm. are probably just throwing their headphones or their computer or whatever on the ground, just going. What is wrong with you? Seriously, what is wrong with you? We've been waiting for this movie for months, and you're ruining it. <laughs> 
So Ben Affleck has has his Boston accent from uh, from Goodwill Hunting is what it sounds like, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, he's got he's got his very uh, I can't well park the car in the Harvard so, Yard. To me, it sounded park the car in the Harvard Yard. It kind of sounded like he was doing Chicago the way he was like clipping his words a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah, um, but it you know it could it was Andy Garcia ish. <laughs> it was an accent specific to <laughs> yeah, Affleck. It was an Affleck accent. So we build up all the uh, an we build accent. up. So he built uh, Affleck kind of gives us the lowdown so we can learn about all the killers and we get introduced. Like I said in that three minutes, uh, we get introduced to the blade and he's torturing people in really brutal ways. And he was in prison and he chewed off his own fingertips so that he couldn't be ID'd. Yeah. And that makes me wonder, like, the cut I got on my finger, does that mean my fingerprint is different now? Or is it yeah. cut? Yeah. I, I would assume so. Man. I always find it weird when, like, because people talk about, like, burning their fingertips off. Yeah. But, like, chewing your fingertips off, wouldn't that create a really unique fingerprint? <laughs> I would think so. Like, wouldn't it be more identifiable than an actual fingerprint? I don't know. Or, or would like, it there's even... a smudge that has, like, the same tooth mark on it. But would it be... <laughs> You just check the dental records <laughs> yeah. at that point. I think I think it just it would be scar tissue, so it wouldn't actually make a print. It would just look like a piece of bark touched the victim. Okay, right? Maybe, but I then you could be like, "There's a victim with uh, just bark prints." It's they, probably the yeah. dude that chewed his finger. The dude that chewed his fingerprints. So then we get introduced to. Uh, God, there's so also if someone yeah. chewed their fingerprints off, I would not release them on bail. I would never. I would be like, "This guy intends to do bad things." I thought he escaped. Did he get released? I, I actually Whatever. don't know. I, I don't, don't know. remember that part. The, the Tremor brothers are, are are billed as these skinhead weirdos that, like, the first intro to them, as far as I understand, they just went in and shot up a, a restaurant part, a dinner Seems party. Like it. Yeah. Seems I don't think like there was a purpose. But, like, the one guy got, like, shrapnel in his eye, and he's bleeding over his eyes, and the other guy got shot in the neck, and he's dragging him out, and they have, like, a flamethrower. It's insane. Their their intro is bananas. Yeah. And, and their, their character's... Are are completely ridiculous and awesome, and I would want to see like a whole movie with just these. This is very nonsensical. You could tell that they were they like were creating the villains, and they yeah. were like, okay, so we have the guy who's like master of disguise. We have the yeah. crazy guy who chewed off his fingertips. We have the women. Great. What else can we do? The most insane. Just like a group of bananas brothers. Is there any way that we could yeah. like just shoehorn them in yeah. and not give them any rhyme or reason to anything? Just they're insane. Like, perfect. Perfect. I think, but I love it. That's this movie is unapon, unapologetically grindhouse in that nature. Yeah. And and then Soot is such a interesting character. His intro, they have this like mob guy or somebody that a hit's going to be taken out on him, and they're saying how you can never see him coming. And there's this dude in a wheelchair that looks like he's quadriplegic, and then he stands up, pulls out two guns, and just blasts all of them. Hops onto the back of a car and pulls off his mask. Now the thing there though is yes. that if this guy is is a ghost and never seen. Aside from for cinematic purposes to take off your mask while hanging out in public on the back of a, a postal vehicle or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, I would imagine that there were hundreds of witnesses. <laughs> yeah, sure seems thing. like it. It was in an intersection. <laughs> yeah. In yeah. broad daylight. It's, you know, that was a interesting choice on his part. Yeah. We also had Booger, a.k.a. Curtis Armstrong, uh, Booger from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. He was uh, Buddy Israel's lawyer. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's actually been on the show before. Way back in the day, we did Revenge of the Nerds with him on nice. it. Me and Mark Ellis. That was awesome. So let's do so. And then uh, when Andy Garcia is is also... So there's this back and forth between Andy Garcia telling you all about the crime family and Ben Affleck telling you all about the hitmen. So the first 20 minutes is head-spinningly a ton of details. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we've, we have like 15 minutes remaining, and we've only covered the first 18 <laughs> minutes. Uh, we have... This is Andy Garcia's clip when he's describing Buddy Israel. No formal witness against the mob has been as crucial or as important as Buddy Aces Israel is not only essential to our case, he is our case. Again, what is it? He is our case. Yeah. Buddy Israel. It's like that was kind of New York, but then he, like, there you There's hit it on the head where he, like, he is later our in case. the movie is very Southern. He is our case. Yeah. You know, it's it's like a Southern bail up in there just saying, hey. Buddy Israel is out, but maybe I'm doing kind of a New York thing with a Southern accent. It's so hard to do. I, I got to give him props for just doing listen, such a confusing he, accent. He nailed it. Whatever he Whatever was going is. for. I got to <laughs> play this next one because it's when uh, Buddy Israel, a.k.a. Jeremy Piven, is yelling at Joel Edgerton, who's unrecognizable in this movie, as Hugo, the, the Russian uh, bodyguard. He's so good. He's so funny. And this is after a night of having uh, sex Apparently in front of each other, I guess uh, people do that in, in with hookers. Sure. Um, I don't. I don't even have sex with the lights on. So here we go. Clip number four. Is the cinnamon the role? The cinnamon the the role of the cinnamon. That it looks like a uh, jizz. Yeah. Eastern European jizz. <laughs> He's talking about uh, his his robe that has uh, a stain on it. And Hugo, I guess I should have set that up better. Hugo, Joel Edgerton, it's like, Ew, I think it's cinnamon roll. <laughs> Which is so great because, like, <laughs> it's, it, a, listen, it's a great excuse. You can you can almost, like, nail it down if it's cinnamon. Like, it, yeah. it'll smell like cinnamon roll. It Like, you will have known that there were cinnamon rolls in the suite. <laughs> like, that's a really specific yeah. thing. Yeah. If I may quickly, too. Yeah. Is that supposed to be an identifiable accent as well? That's that's Jeremy Piven making fun of uh, Joel Edgerton's Russian accent. Okay, at least making fun of it. I yes, was just yes. maybe I was like maybe that's this film's thing. Is everyone <laughs> Every, has everybody oh, has maybe it should have been. Yeah, it should have been. Yeah, no, no, that <laughs> some some of them were. Yeah, but that uh, no, that was that was Piven imitating Edgerton doing a Russian accent. Now here comes my favorite character in the entire movie. I could talk an entire podcast about Jason Bateman because he plays I. I'm not even sure. Is he the lawyer to, or is he, he's somebody they go talk to. I'm not sure, but they go talk to him to get, he got them the security outfits that, that match, um, the hotel. And when they, when they go to see him, he has a, a bunny head, like for a Halloween costume. He has a woman, a freeze frame of a woman's ass on the TV. He's in his boxers, pale as hell with two giant cold sores. Yeah. And it's and he also apparently uh, Renee told me that she was listening to the Dak Shepard podcast. He had had vocal nodes taken out right before this, so that's why his voice is so hoarse. So it wasn't a character choice. Oh well, it worked perfectly. It's perfect. For- this character is so weird, but everything he does is hysterical. And this is the end of it when when he's like, "I love it. I love what we're doing. We're going to make a deal here." And he does the world's most awkward handshake with the dissenter of the group with Ben Affleck. Can we so play? I bet you got, you got a bunch of stories, right? I don't. I'm go kind of soft with the private school and the little blazers, you know, and uh, everyone talked things out, you know, no one ever threw any blows. You know, still this day, never punched in the face. Imagine that. I'm pretty much panty waist. <laughs> <laughs> 
still to this day. I've never been punched in the face too. I guess no, I'm panning ways too. Me neither. Yeah, oh, I just I don't I I don't. It's not a, a source of self-loathing for me. No, it's not. Yeah. yeah. I actually pride myself in not being punched in the yeah, face. Oh, can you great. bring up a photo of him uh, so our audience at home can see what he looks like in this movie? Uh, yeah, this is later. I'm, I'm looking. This that, is later. Are we looking for a bunny head? Is that right? Yeah. Okay, I'll keep looking. You okay. guys keep going. I'll find it. So it's... I mean, uh, but we should bring up that later he he is... There it re- is. ...receives a phone call, and he's wearing brawn panties. <laughs> Yes. So it's so awesome. So and then he does this handshake with uh, the dissenter. I thought that, that I forgot that's not with the clip. But he's like, yeah. he got a. I did the gif of it. He's like, you got to bones it, put a padlock on it, and a chain. It's just he's so good. It's so funny. Jason and then, Bateman's my favorite. And then the guy picks up the bunny head, and Jason Bateman like looks at him, gives him a couple of looks, and then he goes to him and he goes, "That's not yours." He says, "Take your dick beaters off of that." Yeah. That's that. That's not yours. It's so good. It never explains it. He's just like, but that's kind of the magic. Get off my bunny head, dude. That's kind of the magic of this movie is that yeah. they don't explain. They just throw these weird things at. The, it's like a. It's like throwing paint on the wall, and all of it sticks for the most part. Yeah, you know, like the the difference between Jason Bateman and the Tremor Brothers is that Jason Bateman felt like a real person. Yeah. Like I could. This seemed like someone. Yeah. Who yeah. who had like. Who was down on his luck in Lake Tahoe? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who had gambling addictions? Yeah. Because then the Tremor Brothers, um, when they shoot, because Ben Affleck's being built up as if he's going to be a major character. Yes. And Peter Berg as well, and their buddy, I forget, he's another well-known character actor. Um, anyways, and then <laughs> they're sitting there planning out everything. Tremor Brothers just roll, roll by playing death metal, and then back up and waste them. And I remember when I first saw that, I was shocked. And Renee too. She was like. Wait, did they just kill Ben Affleck? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And that's an awesome move. Because at that time, and not that Ben Affleck isn't famous now, but at that time he was huge. Sure. And so to they drew Barrymore us from Scream. You yeah. know, they killed him off, and it's awesome. And then the moment between Chris Pine, which Chris Pine is uh, I forgot he was in this movie. He was also unrecognizable. Unrecognizable. Yeah. He plays this awesome he plays one of the Tremor brothers and he's just strung out weird skinhead like hillbilly meth i don't know what's going on with great him. abs though but he's he's he has he makes ben affleck talk and he's like oh i forgive you i don't know you didn't mean to and it's lovely up here in heaven and then he starts like crying and getting emotional and it's such a strange moment and like i said it's approximately a half an hour scene <laughs> it feels like it it's comparatively it's really 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 long yeah um that he's doing that for yeah um and then he just hops back in the car <laughs> he like he he robs him. He looks and he's yeah. like, "Oh, buddy Israel, what a coincidence!" Yeah. And th- that like sort of shows you that it was a random killing. Yeah. And then he takes the money and then he leaves. And then he leaves. Yeah. And that to me, these guys are like a more exaggerated version of Mickey and Mallory from Natural Born Killers. It's uh-huh. like if you take them and turn them up to fifteen, that's what the Tremor Brothers are. Uh, let's play this clip. This is um, one of Buddy Israel's bodyguards trying to get the prostitutes out, and it's the funniest way I've heard in recent <laughs> history to to move faster. Get your clothes off, girl. You act like y'all on sundown. Y'all need to be on stopwatch. <laughs> There's no clearer way to say it. That's than such that. a great metaphor. Yeah, kind of acting like you're on sundown when you need get to be on. Get your clothes off, girl. You act like y'all on sundown. Y'all need to be on stopwatch. That's how Jeff is feeling in the booth right now because we're not even halfway through he, the movie. I, I, I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> I, I would like to point out um, that time moves at the same speed no matter what you're using you're, to, to track it. <laughs> that's true. So, you know, sundial. It is a good visual, though. Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, it's it's like um, 
when you when you look at a stopwatch, it makes you more nervous. Like the old ATM sounds of when when they first did the check deposits. Uh-huh. I noticed they changed them because before they used to be boot up, boot up, boot up, and it would always make me anxious because I'm like, am I doing it the right way? How long is this going to last? And now it's more like a boom ding. It's a little uh, more relaxed, a little more soothing. That's cool that you get checks. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I get paid only in unmarked bills. <laughs> um, it's the same with the like credit card chip. Yeah, where when it first started, it was, it was like, like, and I'm like, does like, this mean good or bad? Am, are the police coming? Yeah, like, what is what's going here? on right now? And now, now it does the. It's nice. It's sweeter. Yeah. Let's and, do. Uh, oh God, we have so much stuff. We have so much stuff to cover. Okay, here. So let's just play the next clip. This is when... So Matthew Fox from Lost plays this really nerdy security guard, and the Blade is trying to find out exactly how many security he has to deal with up there. And then once he finds out, he hugs him and shoves his Blade from his sleeve into him and has this very intimate moment with him Yeah, where he's like on the ground, like basically nose to nose. And it, it makes him even more sadistic because he's like sharing his death like in this super close intimate way and it's creepier that way he is also i'm pretty certain from lost oh yeah yeah right i think so i never saw lost okay well you should watch the first three seasons of lost um and then don't watch the last three seasons okay perfect but he is it also in lost um so i feel like that was in in my heart that was a little nod to lost yeah there you go Um, i hope we can hear this let's play it again because he says am i dying he says which is kind of true. That's true. You know, a little depressing. Was, do you think that was the thesis of the movie? <laughs> We're all dying because almost everyone dies. Uh, we got to keep moving. Shoot. Okay. What's the "I know you nutted"? Uh, this is another reference another, another to the reference jacket. To the I just jacket. loved how they kept coming back to yeah. the jacket. Yeah. Hey, don't even think I'm touching my man's coat that I know you nutted all over. <laughs> <laughs> I know you nutted all over. I'm so mad about it. <laughs> And uh, the Muppet is also a slam on, because what happens is, so Soot goes in there and he, he kills off the security and he's trying to, he's going to copy somebody else's face. And then Hugo, Joel Edgerton's character comes down and he blasts him and then takes his face and zips up his jacket. And somehow the blood uh, didn't seep through to the other side. The blood side didn't seep through. And it, I like, they reference that he looks like a Muppet, which we're about to hear. Yeah, but it also, like a damn Muppet. <laughs> it also doesn't. It doesn't seem unnatural, I guess, that he just has an extra layer of face on him. Yeah. And like, it fits perfectly. And then he guess. doesn't talk at all. Yeah. And nobody, and everybody's just like, I guess he picked a good character because Hugo's kind of weird. Yeah. So he picked a good one to impersonate. But sorry, I was talking over it. Let's hear it one more time. Man, you look like a damn Muppet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. That guy has so many good one liners. And then. He's after he's making fun of him. He's cleaning up the glass, and his death is really awesome too. Because he, you just hear the from behind, and then he starts gurgling as he's breathing, mm-hmm. and turns around and is like, "I know you didn't just do that." And then Joel Edgerton just shoots him like six more times and drops him. And then it really, this is where I think the cutting back and forth builds well. It's because they cut back and forth between other people trying to get up the elevator as Joel Edgerton's character is going in there to potentially kill him. Mm-hmm. And then Common has overheard, which we skipped, Buddy Israel is going to flip on his own guys now in order to take the deal. That's what the FBI wants. Yep. And Common's 
saying like, I'm loyal like a dog. You can't buy that kind of loyalty, but I'm going to hurt you. And, and all this tension's building up. It's just ratcheting up. This whole movie is like a rubber band. It's like a slingshot. It's going like, and then the last 30 minutes is just, just chaos. Sure. sure. I, I was a little bit disappointed because they, in that conversation between Jeremy Piven and Common, Jeremy Piven sets it up like, I'm a magician. Like I always am making you think one thing. Yeah. While I'm doing something else. Yeah. And we never got to see what that doing was. No. It was it like was to throw a card and cut Common's eyeball. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that was the That's extent a very of it. sharp card because the other time he threw it into the couch cushion. I mean, what magician doesn't use sharp cards? You the, answer me that and I will tell you that that was fake. So <laughs> Perfect. There I you like go. that sentence. Um, that's a sentence that should be. Yeah. Uh, that should be yeah. on our YouTube channel, I think, can, describing the show. Can we play What You Wanted? I forget what that one is. No matter what you wanted. Yeah. It's what you did. See, Common's solid in this, man. He's, he's, he's dropping it's very a very soulful. Very soulful. Just like that Microsoft commercial. <laughs> he's <laughs> telling us about artificial intelligence. That's, he was probably channeling this performance. Here comes my, my least favorite part of the movie, which is this annoying karate kid kid. And his strange grandma who's taken him in, and uh, he's, at one point, he's doing karate moves towards this guy who's lost his fingers. By the way, one of the characters, the, the dissenter of the group, gets hypothermia, crawls out of the river, has missing his fingers, and is now making his way back to the hotel. But he comes across this kid who gets a boner from, they actually have a, a prepubescent or pubescent kid get a boner from doing karate chops. It's very weird and makes no sense. Sure is. I could have done without this entire plot line, but, you know, whatever. Let's play clip number 11. I feel like you're eyeballing me, dog. I don't like punk bitches eyeballing me. You got beat? You got beat? You want some of this? Yeah. I don't know why he's in this. I, this is the one character where I'm like, I have no idea, except you wanted it to be longer than 90 minutes. Well, we also like the retribution that he that this guy gets is only on Chris Pine. Yeah, and it like their relationship doesn't matter in no. the no. in the like grander picture of the movie. Like Chris Pine killed his friends, and then but they were both trying to get Buddy Israel, and neither of them get there. They just have a side fight. Yeah. So this whole thing of him like coming back, it it sort of like fizzles because all he has to do is kill Chris Pine. Yeah. So they don't need to build up so much. Just no. let him come back. Yeah. Now oh God, we have so little time, so let's get into some of the craziness. Uh we have this awesome shootout, like I said, between the blade and Ray Liotta. That's one of my favorite scenes, just build the tension where Ray Liotta starts piecing together that there's something suspicious then he notices the finger the fingertips mm-hmm. and goes for his gun and man it's a shot from above of them just blasting each other as the lights flicker and Ray Liotta's screaming it's so intense and when it when the elevator comes up and Alicia Keys finds the body and then the sequence where she's pinned down and Ryan Reynolds and the FBI are shooting at her and then Taraji P. Henson is blasting them with the 50 cal and it's launching people across the hallway yeah. It's an insane sequence. It's so awesome. And I don't even we don't even need to like talk about it more than that. Just watch it cuz it's badass. And then the crazy thing though is that that uh, so they drag Ray Liotta out. Alicia Keys uh gets shuts the elevator. She gets shot a couple times by Boris the Blade. He gets shot again by the FBI. Yep. Uh and shot by Alicia Keys. So he's taking multiple more bullets than Ray Liotta he's feasibly. A tough day. Yeah. And later on, we find out he's still alive as he's being taken out and his blade comes out again. So there's a lot of things in this movie that made it seem like they wanted to make a sequel, which they did, but it ended up being a prequel and straight to DVD. So Mm -hmm. 
didn't really pan out how they smoking kings, smoking kings, smoking jacks. Um, so then, uh, oh Jesus, Taraji P. Henson is up there trying to find out. She thinks Alicia Keys is dead. So she goes nuts and just starts wasting because FBI there's another dead prostitute who, with the, who looks yeah, like Alicia Keys. with her face down. Yeah, and then poor Taraji P. Henson is kind of left while Alicia Keys escapes in the elevator, gets picked up by Common as she's going down the stairs. They run into Ryan Reynolds and basically say, we had no beef with you. We were just here for Israel. And Brian Reynolds really quickly just lets him go. Seems cool with that. Yeah. Seems cool because he's going after Israel. I get it. That's what sure. he has to do. Sure. And uh, then poor Taraji P. Henson is left watching Alicia Keys, who's fallen in love in a stairwell walk with Common. She gets shot down by the FBI and just left. For... She just gets killed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jump the gun there. Sorry, guys. No, no, no. It's okay. No. She just gets she gets killed, and I feel so bad for her character because I actually like the two of them. Yeah. But then she did just murder a whole ton of FBI agents. She did do that, and she also broke into another woman's hotel room to do it. Yeah. She moved hotel. She yeah. moved rooms because she was so mad. I mean, they're going to charge that woman for the glass, you know? Probably. Probably. Well, she for sure has to move rooms because she can't stay yeah. in a bedroom with no window. No, she can't. It's not safe. It's not safe. It's not safe. So then we have uh, the Tremor Brothers. That sequence is awesome where they come out of the elevator and all of Buddy Israel's security is there. And they're wrecking him with chainsaws and, and machetes. And Common's there with his wrist tied and he still, he still takes him out. He shoots the one, right? He kills the one guy. Well, I'm pretty sure was it common when they're waiting for the elevator and the he starts ele- slinking off. He the starts smoke like is, moving it's so back. Good. It's really it's good. So good. Yeah. We have so little time, but yeah, co- the best is common kills the the main tremor brother by shooting him and shooting his legs out, and he drops his chainsaw. Then he shoots his arm out, and the guy falls on his own chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> it's so epic. Yeah, common escapes and meets and falls in love with Alicia Keys, and then Buddy Israel is. Um, taken out by the FBI comes in and the Swede is actually the doctor. And we find out through all of this, that what was really happening is that buddy Israel is actually Sparato's son. And Sparato is actually this FBI agent who went undercover and then assumed the identity of this mob guy and was left and was killed, killed by the FBI, but survived it. It's a very convoluted ending. Yeah. And they wanted to give buddy Israel his heart so they could get all this information from but well Sparazzo wanted the heart so he could survive right but the FBI wanted to bring him back to life to find out all the info he knew from 60 years and Ryan Reynolds just goes in there and unplugs it and lets them both die as but I skipped the Chris Pine moment yes which let's do that first you shot me and you murdered my friends yeah yeah I know (laughs) (laughs) I know you said that that his arc fizzles but that scene's one of my favorite scenes in the movie yeah when Chris Pine's like you know I'm really I'm real sorry about that you know and he's like just get out of here he's like well I appreciate that you know and uh and you keep the car you know it's like this weird cordial moment between a psycho and a guy who's just done with the day and then I love when Chris Pine's walking off and he just goes F this and raises the gun and no look. Doesn't just, even look. No look. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris Pine's is just, it's like he's doing this happy, this fun dance and just drops. And it, it's such a great sequence. Boy, would that have been hilarious if he unloaded his whole clip and didn't hit him once because he didn't look. <laughs> and Chris Pine looks back and he's just like, all right. And all right. he just keeps going. That would have been, been kind of great. In my opinion, better. Kind of great. Yeah. So then the Ryan Reynolds sequence, the, the, Hilarious thing about that, though, because he's pissed off because the FBI let him and his partner d- uh, be fed to the dog, right. the wolves, right. because they were hiding information. And so he unplugs it. The thing is, though, I know we got to wrap up. So the thing I don't understand is 
Why did anybody leave this disgruntled FBI agent next to their key witness and the key witness's uh, heart transplant? Like it, that is a huge, like the moment he shuts the door. No, no one rushed in right away. Everyone should have red flag. And it takes a very long time. He goes in there, he, he unplugs the things and unlo- un- takes his ammo out and everything. It's like, wait a minute. Wait, nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. You know, it's on them at that point. I love this movie. Okay, we got to wrap it up. That's all the time we have. I know we got caught up in a lot of the minutiae, but the action scenes, you just got to watch because they're awesome. If you haven't seen Smoke and Aces, go rent it immediately because it's epic. And make sure you submit your Halloween choices because we're going to have four weeks straight of Halloween. I'm pushing for Dude Bro Slumber Party Massacre 3 because that looks insane. But we want to get your votes because October's coming up fast. Until next time, where can they find you, Jesse? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Too Much Jesse and for Sketch at The Prom Losers. You can find me at The Ben Begley on Twitter and Instagram. Also, October 6th at noon, we're doing a screening of There's One inside the house it's a horror short that i wrote with my buddy matt cunningham and amanda wiss from nightmare on elm street is, is in it at shriek fest so look at shriek fest october 6th and also la comic-con if you're going to be there saturday at 1 p.m we're doing a screening of the funhouse massacre so come check it out until next time what is your guilty movie pleasure from producers maria menounos kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire popcorn talk network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed here are those of the hosts only, not necessarily the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.